0: The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. Welcome back to Moneyline. This is Matt McCall. Uh, we have a great guest, and we're talking about one of the hottest topics uh, in the world right now. I mean, it's on the morning shows. You have athletes talking about it. You have people at the grocery store talking about it. I mean, I heard talking about NFTs the other day at Whole Foods. I mean, you know when people at Whole Foods and the morning shows are jumping on a bandwagon, It's something we need to talk about here. So I brought on an expert to explain it to us. She's been involved in this for so long. She's the CEO of Blockade Games. Marguerite de Corcel, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Matt.
0: So, I mean, obviously you've been in this game a long time. Um, You know, when it comes to NFTs, it's fascinating to me. One of my analysts showed me a chart the other day of DeFi, DeFi coins and centralized finance, how they took off last year. And everybody now is saying that 2021 will be the year of the NFTs and non-fungible tokens. And you look at the value of where they are now, and I see upside that's 10, 20, 50, 100x potentially in years ahead. So before we get into those huge numbers, I just want to plant that in people's minds. Let's break down, explain to me, explain to everybody else what an NFT is.
1: An NFT is non-fungible token. So... You might be familiar with something like Bitcoin, where when you exchange Bitcoin, it acts like a currency in the sense that it's uh, one Bitcoin equals one Bitcoin. So the trading of that asset is pretty straightforward. If you think about diamonds and how much like the qualities of a diamond, when you're trading a diamond, for example, it's a little more difficult to trade one diamond for one diamond. There's usually a few factors that go into that. Similarly, non-fungible tokens have attributes to them that make them unique. Um, These are identifiable on the blockchain Uh, the network. All the computers can verify that this is a unique asset according to this unique token ID that is tied to the data. So in this token also can carry with it attributes that are like metadata, and that metadata is both immutable or mutable depending on the developer and how the token was designed.
0: So when you say immutable, immutable, what do you mean by that?
1: So immutable means you cannot change uh, these attributes to the token. So if you were to put art on the blockchain, let's say an SVG, ART files using IPFS, um, which is a, a file storage, decentralized file storage system that, uh, is, that works with the tokens. Um, you're not gonna be able to change that ART. It's permanent forever on the blockchain yeah. as long as that blockchain exists. And it's uh, the, mutal- the immutable part is convenient for somebody that like me, like a game company, where if we wanna have upgradable smart contracts, so a user takes an NFT, which essentially what that feels like to the user is a game asset. Um, Think about Fortnite and Fortnite skins. But now imagine that you're playing with this game asset and it's experiencing upgrades, it's leveling, it's becoming more specialized through the game application and different choices that the user makes. Well, that metadata can get updated. And so when you transfer it, that goes with it. Um, The fact that we as game developers can push that update to the metadata is pretty neat because it means that the use case is very wide. So you have a static... A static nft which maybe doesn't have any upgradeability, and maybe it, everything is on chain um and it's completely immutable and that's a great use case for something like fine art where mm-hmm. you don't want anything to ever like alter its state
0: so is the future of art fine art uh creativity going to be based around nfts uh versus somebody actually doing a big painting somebody actually creating something a digital painting if you will fine art and then, you know, you know, there's no counterfeit. I mean, the art market's a huge counterfeit market. You know where it is. And is that how we live in the future in this kind of virtual digital world where I own a piece of art that way versus hanging something on my wall?
1: You know, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole here, um, there's a concept called mirror world. And it's where you can have assets that live both in two realms at the same time, both physically and digitally with one NFT. Um, so I don't want to actually say that that's going to be the only way we expand. I do believe we're going to be expanding the technology in both directions simultaneously. I know we're doing this because I'm already starting a joint venture doing it. <laughs> so like you can have the, the technology's there. If you're interested yeah. in this kind of um, evolution, there's somebody, if, um a virtual influencer called the Code. Uh, Miko. And she demonstrates using a wireless suit how digital skins can map to you in real time and render on the fly. Um, wow. And this is not using NFT technology, but you'll see very quickly that that skin and that digital asset could have NFT technology to it. And then you think about her fans and how they could own it and how you can start playing interactive uh, with each other. But also, the suit renders the, the physical space. So she can interact with her physical space and it's projected back virtually. On the screen
0: wow I, you, you might have lost me a little bit but i, I guess like you thinking like i remember watching ready player one for the first time and talking to some colleagues and be like this is going to be whoever invents this world will be the first trillionaire because it, we all escape reality somehow whether it be working out or drinking or doing things we shouldn't do you escape reality online a lot of people do so i think if we can create this other world we could where people could be whatever they want and nfts are then how we use to buy things and, and you know i can buy my art in my beautiful house in my fake world or digital world my god it sounds crazy yeah. to me uh but well, I, it also i see it happening
1: well if you want to just like another experience there i have a friend her name is josie bellini she makes physical paintings and there's other artists that do this too they're physical pe- paintings but they have augmented reality capabilities that's tied to the painting so the nft component of the physical piece is that it has bluetooth, bluetooth and like location tracking So you can then really gamify how people are interacting with the physical artwork. Um, That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's super cool. So let's talk a little bit about, you're the CEO of Blockade Games. Tell me a little bit about Blockade Games.
1: Blockade Games, we've uh, been around for about uh, three years developing um, technology. Our vision was to make a free-to-play blockchain game, which if you've played with any dApps, You'll notice that there's a lot of paywall experience with you have to buy the asset first before you can play. And then there's like gas fees. So how would you create an experience where someone could onboard, not even realize they're playing a blockchain game, um, have an experience, develop value of their assets by walking through the game application, and then maybe receive their first Ethereum or Bitcoin on a transaction where they sell that asset. (coughs) Mm -hmm. So that's what we set out to do. And we did it through our main title. It's called Neon District. It's a cyberpunk RPG. And it's one of the most state-of-the-art blockchain games right now. We just put out Alpha, our Alpha, in January. Um, it's, in, it's an immersive world. And the thing that's unique here is, like I said, it's free to play. So anybody can go um, with NeonDistrict.io. There's the you can play now. You can start leveling your characters up and earning an, an in-game currency that you funnel back into leveling your characters. So it's, it's, there's no paywall. Um, it's very inclusive. You can play on web, anywhere, on phone or your computer.
0: That's, so what, um, do you have a, a, a token all coin that goes with that? Or is that something separate? <laughs> you have a social token.
1: Well, so my, so separately, okay. when you were talking about DeFi taking off, um, I launched something called Coin and uh, the token actual name is Coin Artist, but the ticker is Coin. And it's meant to be a tool for my community to play with DeFi. So we do things okay. like you could have NFT farming where you are staking coin and you can be earning NFTs there's we get very technical in that this is our fringe like our fringe hardcore crypto community that's been around for a long time so i don't want to like exhaust you guys with that but (laughs) the the whole thing is that the my social token yes it's um started out as an nft i made a representation of this is the coin artist brand basically the identity i've built over the years and then we sharded it into erc20 tokens so those erc20 tokens are the social tokens that then um people can pick up on uniswap
0: Oh, it's on Uniswap. Okay. I was going to ask you where they could pick it up. So it's had a hell of a run the last month. It's up over 120% in the last month. Um, Is this something like it's got a better market cap of 2 million now? Is this something that you see you're going to continue to keep growing or is this kind of a side project? How how do you view this?
1: So the thing about neon district is that we have syndicates. So people can have a personal brand and have their own little micro economy within the game universe itself coin. Eden, it's Coin to Eden is the first example of that syndicate. So, we will be using it to grow that particular community for rewards, different, like I'm talking about, DeFi experiences. Um, we already have one we're going to be rolling out this month that blends the Neon District and Coin experience. And I'm really excited about it. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, no, we're going to continue to use it. It's, it's a tool, it bridges yeah. the gap between a community and a centralized company and myself as a content creator.
0: That's awesome. Um, let's talk about some of this crazy stuff that's going on in the NFT world. Just this morning I saw Rob Gronkowski, you know, the tight end for he was for the Patriots. Now he's for the Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl this year. He's putting some of his um, highlights on like trading cards. And but what I find fascinating, I'm looking at one of them. There's no NFL, you can't show like any logos because he doesn't own that <laughs> logo for the NFL. Right. So it's like this just a silver helmet when he played for the Patriots. Um, he's doing it. I saw Taco Bell launch. Uh, they sold out immediately. Uh, the first, the first one was put on sale for 0.001, ETH, $1. 79 but then the last one sold for $700 it is a spicy potato. Soft taco is what they were selling. <laughs> like this stuff's crazy. It, it, this kind of scares me when I see stuff like this, but I do think there's a huge future here. Is this just gimmicky or is this actually part of the future too?
1: I think you, got, you have both things happening, right? People being like, oh, well, we should just participate because we want to be a part of the conversation. Um, maybe have no idea what they're doing or maybe they have a little help, somebody that knows. But also I think we're looking at the first like fundamental use case. Uh, no one's really thinking long-term about a lot of these launches. It's just, let's make an NFT. That seems exciting. But there mm-hmm. are a lot of considerations if you, this is something you plan to support over time. And if you have someone spend a lot of capital on let's say a trading card of a famous football player, like, what does he plan to do to continue to add value to that experience? Um, is it going to be completely dependent on his personal career? If you're familiar with NBA Top Shots, the hot mm-hmm. game that's uh, taken off on Flow with, uh, by Dapper Labs, that's a really good example of they have the license f- for the brand, and they're shipping the content, and you have third-party developers coming in and uh, adding additional value supporting these assets, like you can have a fantasy league uh, mm-hmm. from your assets that you own. But how long will they have that license? What happens after maybe they don't have that license anymore? Um, I'm sure they have – Roham's a genius, the CEO over there. I'm sure they have this already figured out in the considerations. But when you have different influencers then being seeing NBA top shots take off um, and wanting to tap into that, I'm sure there's going to be an NFL-type experience here sure. in their the near future. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's fine for people to want to participate and learn. Fastest way to learn is to jump in, uh, you know, because – but I do encourage people to mint their own assets. There is a marketplace called OpenSea and one called Rarible where it's not gated. There's no gatekeeper. You can go and you can learn how to mint. It's about $200 to set up your collection on OpenSea. But after you do that, you can mint as many NFTs as you want. And then the buyer is the person that pays the gas fee. So you need wow. about $200. You can get that $200 through something called Wire, W-Y-R-E. There's about a $2,000 like, limit on how much you can buy with your credit card. So that's kind of like the initial step. And once you just start, it doesn't even have to be good. Like who cares if it sells right away? Then you're going to start thinking about what are their different use cases and utility. Like you'll have, there's something called Async Art, ETH Block Art and Beyond NFT. These are next generation type NFT platforms where you can have programmatic layers of NFTs. So you could, for example, have a mini game that is an NFT that you and I play. And the outcome of that is recorded as an NFT.
0: Wow. That's crazy. So the LeBron James one that sold, I think, for 600,000 with that, like the NBA, whoever bought that now owns the rights that the NBA used to have. Right. So if ESPN wants to run that clip, I assume they have to contact that person and get their um, okay because they own the rights. There is that true?
1: I don't know. I don't believe that that's true. What I think is that they have the license and the permission to have the moment as opposed to owning the actual IP of the moment.
0: So why wouldn't I just go to to YouTube and pull up the moment myself for free? I guess that's where I get confused with some of the stuff. Like, why do I need to pay $600,000 for it?
1: So in this case, it's identifiable, like through that unique token ID, you can prove across multiple different platforms and experiences and dApps that you are the owner of this asset, which can be valuable. And like we were talking about a fantasy league lineup. Um, And simultaneously across these dApps, all the dApps agree that that is the asset that has this value. Gotcha. Whereas in in a video, there's no way to actually communicate that to a dev.
0: So the, the blockchain is is um, confirming you own that that specific video then? Correct. Correct. Okay. So one other one I'll talk about is Jack Dorsey selling his first tweet. I think that's pretty damn cool. I would actually, I would bid on that one. I wouldn't pay $2 million for it, but I would, that's one I would actually bid on because I think that's pretty damn cool. Um, that's just, it, but you know, you're just seeing it, 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 it enter everywhere. And I love that uh, Elon Musk, one of the richest men in the world, his wife made, what, $6 million selling her art, Grimes. I I mean, again, you see all this stuff, and it makes me want to jump in and start selling something I can do. Unfortunately, I'm the least creative man in the world, so it kind of screws me. But um, tell me about Kings of Leon, too. I think you were part of that, were you not, Uh, where they were selling uh, some of their albums?
1: Yeah, I just interviewed them about two days ago. Um, Very cool. The band came on talking about how they got into this, they have a golden ticket that they, there's like five of them. It just, the sale just concluded and you know what, I haven't had a chance to see the results of that, but they had these experiences where if you bought the ticket, they were willing to work with you, but it came with things like, they're gonna pick you up in a limo. They're gonna bring you to, you're gonna have you front row. You're gonna be in all the backstage experiences. You're gonna be basically a part of the band. Um, and I don't know how many times that continues, but it, I, I know mm-hmm. it was for life. It was a for life experience. Wow. Um, Yeah. And then you had their other like buying the album and the art and um, very cool to see them get excited. And we had a conversation, which I think this is a very important point is that content creators are selling directly to fans right now. Mm -hmm. So fans that are buying the album, they were buying it from the band. Um, There was no third party middleman taking the cut here. So that's as a fan, I love knowing my money is going directly to the artist yeah. And yeah. And so, yeah. And so when I see them do successful, I participated in that success and yeah, I guess that's, that's a little different. I mean, the, the uh, music industry has been completely upside down for, I think. It really
0: has. I mean, I know a lot of musicians I live in Nashville for a short time, like Grammy winning musicians that are struggling, believe it or not right now, because they make money touring. That's where they make their money. And there's obviously no touring going on right now. Um, but you make a great point about the middleman. My, my, philosophy on life is to cut out the middleman and everything. You know, I just bought land in Nicaragua and down there, it's pretty amazing. It's two pages. I signed this thing. I said, is that it? They're like, yeah, you're now own land. Who knows if actually own it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like a piece of paper. And, you know, back here, when I bought a condo in Baltimore, it was a stack of paper like this. And all the middlemen, all the fees coming out, our entire society here is built on the middlemen really taking advantage of the average person in almost every situation, especially in music, uh, athletes too, you see it everywhere, every everyday people. If we could eliminate that, and like you said, you actually are backing the people you want to back. you're 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 backing that artist instead of everybody getting their piece along the way, that is amazing. And I think that, The future of the blockchain of cryptocurrencies, to me, eliminates the middlemen in so many situations in finance and buying homes, uh, you name it, anything, it eliminates it. And I'm glad you brought that up because that is another reason for the average person to get behind this, because you're actually going right to the artist and you are supporting, whether it be a musician, whether it be a painter, you can support that creative artist.
1: Well, and also as a collector, I have this inventory that is public uh, that shows everything I've collected, everything I've been backing. So if you think about Kickstarter and how it was exciting when Kickstarter first came out, that experience mm-hmm. of backing these different projects, but now this is a forever registration of things that I have supported and helped developed. And so yeah. I think like even as a collector, you can, as an identity, when as decentralized identities start to take off more on the blockchain, um, there will be value in, in people as collectors. And we're going to have different conversations about how do you curate art? Um, there'll be value about, look at this person that has collected all this high value art. Does their, you know, what they think is good art matter?
0: Uh, mm-hmm. And
1: will they have a, a score of when they want to, there's going to be like, for example, I know OpenSea is rolling out social, a social platform on top of OpenSea. And so these types of social conversations and you're collecting and what you're doing as a contributor or content creator on both sides is going to get really interesting.
0: I love that, and I also like the fact that the average person now—you don't have to be the one percenter to be able to even invest and make money in these types of things. In the past, I was one. I one of the companies I, I opened and sold. It was called Crowdvest. It was one of the first equity crowdfunding. So it was Kickstarter, but instead of just backing a band and getting maybe a CD, uh, you actually owned a piece of that company, and 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 that was the first time that the average person, the ninety-nine percent, was able to do that. And I, that that industry is taking off too. So now. Through the blockchain through these different coins you can now back and invest just like these VC funds and you can really kind of get ahead of wall street because i think wall Street's so far behind this damn stuff they don't understand it that for first time ever you could be there before wall street if you if it's about making money
1: there's an artist um his name is justin blau uh his, his as a dj it's three l-a-u he just sold 11 million dollars directly through white label solution on his site um it was it was incredible but he is actively working on a royalty system with a few different companies and how people, when they buy his art, they also accrue royalties over time. So it is a security, but mm-hmm. the fact that that solution will exist here in the future sooner or later, that not only will the fan have this proof of collection or proof of backing, but also be a par, like actively participating in the set success of everyone they're backing.
0: That, that's to me, that's the greatest thing. Like you could back the entrepreneurs or the creators that you want to back, and enjoying the success with them. I mean, there's nothing, it's it's almost like back in the day buying a baseball card of a guy who's a rookie and as he gets better, the card's worth more. But you're not really helping him. You're helping the middleman again who made that card. This way, you're eliminating the middleman. You're going right to that creator or that entrepreneur and you're backing him or her. And that's just, that's the future. I mean, that is truly the future. So when I look at NFTs, it it makes perfect sense to me. So I'll ask one last question. Are you an investor in cryptos, altcoins? Uh, Obviously, I assume you are being in this space.
1: Yes, yes, I am. And yeah. actually, um, we have we have a fund that's rolling out that's meta, like a metaverse focused fund, experimental metaverse, which is I'm so excited to be a part of and what we're going to be investing in different startups. The thing is with where I am in space and my intersection, there's so much inbound of up and coming talent and promising projects that, of course, we want to help them get off the ground. Um, mm-hmm. But anymore, th- you have options, you don't have to do just the equity um You know, traditionally with a company, you have equity fundraising rounds. Artists uh, can do early rounds. So what we did with Blockade is we sold some keys, what were called founder's keys. And when someone bought them, it gave them access to different tiered, like, Um, what's called discord tiered communication channels, where if you have the key, now you have access to different channels that you wouldn't normally have in the game. When we have a early release, you can play test these early releases because you have the key. So because of the blockchain technology and the way that dApps work, you can read wallets and what's in the wallet and give access to people for what they can experience. So yeah, because of that experience, people will buy quite a bit of money in having something that acts like a key for, for, for anyone that is fundraising. So it doesn't even have to be equity anymore to kickstart a project. Of course, yeah. you know, you're, you're selling something to the public, so you don't want to do anything too risky, but yeah. it's an opportunity to receive funds in different ways to um for investors, I guess, like you were talking about earlier. Yeah.
0: So basically the, the future, I mean, I, I love when when these old Wall Street guys come on and, you know, Bitcoin's a scam, cryptos are a scam, just they're not getting it. It is the future. Like it's, to me, it's a software of the 90s. I mean, the best investment in the 90s was investing in software because everything's built on software. I think everything's going to be built on the blockchain. And then if you believe that you need to be invested in this stuff, it's it's fascinating. I could talk to you for for hours because I just... It's amazing to me. I want to go buy stuff now. I just want to go. <laughs> I want to go create my own NFTs. I think I'm going to go do that right now. But yeah, thank you. Can you... Make... <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, you
1: can make your, make your videos, NFTs. You can start yeah, making I collections.
0: I know. I don't sleep much now. I don't know if I have time to be out there creating stuff of myself. I feel a little, <laughs> a little too self-fulfilling or something. I'm going to have to do it to charity. But anyway, thank you, Marguerite Carcel. Thank you so much for joining me, CEO of Blockade Games. And uh, coin artists. You could, I'm looking at it right now on Coinbase. C-O-I-N is a symbol, Buck eighty seven. It's had a hell of a run. <laughs> I mean, up a lot. But thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to circle back in a few months, see where we're at, see where you're at, and catch up. But thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. The Moneyline with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com.